talk about things in series, we take uh, a, a character from the Bible or a book from the Bible or sometimes just a topic from, from life in general, and we talk about it until there's nothing else to talk about, and then we move to the next. This is a new one before, and I actually don't have a name for this series, so you guys are going to help me name it today, actually. We're gonna, I'm going to give you some choices. Um, and just before we talk about what this series is about, this is a series that's, that's about something that's inside of you, it's something that's inside of me, and um, uh, uh, see if you can guess what it is. It's, it's something inside of you, it's something inside of me that it, it, it causes you to, uh, it, goes, it goes like this, wait for it, it keeps you from something or causes you to blank, do something. Okay, this thing inside of you, I want to read a list, it'll give you a clue what we're talking about. This is the thing inside of you, inside of me, that keeps you from celebrating other people's successes. It keeps you from initiating an apology when you know you're wrong. It keeps you from initiating apology when you know you're about 5% wrong and the other person is 95% wrong, but it's still that, you know, even it's that this thing in us keeps us from that. It keeps you from arguing your point after you realize you don't really have a point anymore. You lost it about a half an hour ago, but you just keep arguing anyway. Uh, it, it keeps you from admitting that you're lost or that you're weak, admitting your weakness or that you need help, um, that you don't know what you're doing. It keeps you from admitting that even though everybody else knows that you don't know what you're doing, you're not going to admit that you don't know what you're doing because of this. This is the one thing that causes you to power up instead of um, calming down or opening yourself up. It causes you to cheat before you allow yourself to lose. It causes you to lie about your past. It, it, it causes you to always make sure that you have the final word. You know, what is that? Um, it causes you to buy things to impress people who aren't even paying attention to you. Does anybody have a guess what we're talking about? Yeah. It's pride. It's pride. That's what we're going to be talking about for the next three weeks. We're going to talk about pride. Doesn't that sound fun? <laughs> I was like, this is such an important topic. We need to talk about it for three weeks, and, and it's pride. And again, I don't have a name for the series, so you're going to help me name it here. Um, but the reason that we're, we're going to talk about pride for three weeks is not because it's fun. But because it's maybe and arguably the most important thing for us to talk about. Um, C.S. Lewis has a great quote about pride. It goes like this. Unchastity, which honestly, I, I got to look that up with what that means, but it's like some sort of sin or something. I, I don't know. Unchastity, anger, greed, drunkenness, all of those things are me, mere flea bites in comparison Pride leads to every other vice. So, so C.S. Lewis would say, all these vices, all those things that, and when you name your own vice. I don't know if unchastity or anger or greed, whatever it is for you, you could put, add to the list. C.S. Lewis would argue that at, underneath that vice is pride. And pride is, your pride, my pride is what's actually chasing us towards those vices, those things in our life that we wish we didn't have, that we don't like. And so when we talk about pride, as we talk about pride in the next couple of weeks, I'm not talking about the pride. Pride is not, you know, something 
that swelling feeling that you do, you get when you do something great or noble or like pride for your country or pride, you know, watching your kids play basketball or sing a solo or shoot their first goose. You know, if that's not, that's, that was yesterday he shot his first goose, which is awesome. And I was, I was this super proud dad. It was just like swing, boom, one shot. Yeah, anyway, that, we're not talking about that pride. That's not the pride we're talking about. We're talking about the pride that it, pride, when we, when we talk pride, pride is any time that we think that we're something that we're not. Anything, anytime we think we're someone that we're not. Anytime we think we're better or richer or healthier or prettier or writer. I'm just more right than you. I'm writer. More t- anytime we, we think we're actually more talented than we actually are. More responsible than we actually are, and since I you know, think I'm responsible, when we think we're responsible, what happens? We start to do things we have no business doing, right? More, or more in touch with reality, and as a result, because of our pride based on a wrong sense of self, we end up making decisions. We have no, end up make, you know, no business making. We end up doing things we have no business doing, buying things, dating people we should have no business dating, saying we're good at something that we really are not good at. That's what pride leads to, talking trash when we have no place to do so. Pride is really, and here's the thing about pride, it's really easy to see in other people. We see it in a moment. I was going to say a minute. It's, it, we don't even need a full minute a lot of times to see pride in somebody else, right? We see it instantaneously, and yet it is almost impossible to see in the mirror. It's really, really difficult to see our own pride. Pride is at the root of almost every, if you were to look back on every mistake, every heartbreak, every regret that you've had in your life, you could probably find that pride is somehow lurking in the background. And if honestly, if we really, if we really took the time, and we don't do this, but because when we, when we fail, when we have a uh, a, a, some, a mistake when we do something wrong. We, we just want to move past it. Forgive, you know, God says forgive and forget, so I'm going to do that for myself. I'm not going to look back. Whatever water under the bridge that was yesterday, let's talk about today. But we, if we actually took the time and analyzed it, which we rarely do, what we'd probably find is behind that thing is pride. And therefore, for some of us, pride is, is the number one thing standing in our way right now. Pride is something that, that is, is, is beca- because we won't stop and analyze it, because it's so difficult to see in the mirror, it's almost impossible. We see it in everybody else, but when it comes to our own pride, it's just difficult to see. Because of that, I think pride might be the number one thing that's inhibiting us, and that's why we need to talk about it, because pride is kind of a silent killer. Which is one of Silent Killers, one of the options for the name for this series. I got three options. We're going to take a vote right now. So, so option number one is Insidious. Option number two is Silent Killer. Option number three, Silent but Deadly. Okay, so Insidious is like that subtle, gradual, you know, just it's slowly leading towards evil. That's probably, you know, so, so let's, let's do this. How many want to vote for Insidious as the, as the series name for, for the series on Pride? Okay. Any takers on Silent Killer? Okay, lots there. Anybody silent but deadly? 
Yeah, you like, I, there's a couple of you really like the fart jokes. You just always have. All right, so we're going with Silent Killer. I, and I want you, yeah, you hang out with middle school kids too much. Um, and, and I wanted you to know, whatever you guys chose, we were going to go with it. Social media, be, you know, like whatever happens on social media, you know, we were going to go with, you know, Silent But Deadly if you wanted that. In order to, to, to really dive into this and help see pride in ourselves, I want us to, to spend time, your applications, a lot of times I give you your application, what I want you guys to do as a result of what we're talking about today. Um, I usually give it at the end. Today I want to put it right up front because I want to kind of talk you into this application. I think the best way to root out pride or one of the best ways to root out pride in our lives and to step towards humility, that's going to be an important word for us here in a second, is to read the book of Proverbs. If you're new to Bible study, in fact, go ahead and grab a Bible, open to the book of Proverbs, because we're going we're gonna to look at a few of them today. If you are new to Bible study or newer to Bible study or you haven't read the Bible in a long time and you thought about maybe picking it up again, Proverbs is, I can't think of a better place to start because it's so um, universal. It's so logical. It's, it's, it, you read it and it's like, you're not going to agree with everything you read in there, but a lot of it you're just going to be like, yeah, that's just kind of how life is. Proverbs was written by a guy named Solomon uh, who is super wise, and he, he was probably a collector of sayings and, and of proverbs. And um, so he, he would meet with, he was kind of known throughout the, the, the world, his, his known world at that time, and he'd talk with people and kind of swap sayings, it seemed like. And so he created this book called Proverbs. And it's, it, when you're reading it, it's this very a la carte take, you know, like it's one thought about this, and then it's another thought on that. Sometimes they're theme, uh, put together thematically. A lot of times they're just kind of sitting there by its themselves. And what I like about Proverbs when it comes to this discussion on pride is since it's so hard to see pride, Proverbs is one of the things that it's very valuable to us because it has a chance for us to just put a spotlight on our blind, uh, on our blind spots. As you read it, you're going to hear things, you're going to see things that you identify with. It's going to spotlight a way of thinking. You'll see this in a second. That you'll be like, yeah, I've thought that before. I've been there. I've done that. And then it gives you a chance to sit with it. Okay, now what are you going to do with that? You're going to just keep going? You're going to continue? Or are you going to try something else? You're going to humble yourself and own that. Be like, I do that. And so it's a really good way for people who have a hard time seeing pride in the mirror, a.k.a. you and me, this is a really good way to kind of just spotlight some of the pride in our lives that we're often just kind of blind to. Another way of looking at this, and this is going to actually be our key illustration for, for as we look at the Proverbs, is it's kind of like, reading the Proverbs is kind of like walking into a shoe store. And there are thousands of pairs of shoes. Every proverb is a different shoe. And you get to try it on. In fact, we could call this series Shoe Store. Or, oh no, we could do Cinderella. No, we're sticking, we're going to stick with, we're going to stick with, with, what are we sticking with? Silent Killer. Silent Killer, final answer. Okay, so, but here's the thing. When we're reading it, it's like being in a shoe store in a sense that you read a proverb and it's kind of like, here's a shoe. Does it fit? Do you do this? 
And, and it can work both ways. It, it works positively, like, yeah, I've treated people this way, and it ended up good. I've worn that shoe. And it can be negatively. Yeah, no, in my pride, I totally didn't see this coming, and then it came, and I've worn that shoe. And the question, you know, like, you, like I do that, I think that way, you know, and, and then basically anytime you're reading the Proverbs, you get a chance to, to think to yourself, all right, I've worn this shoe, do I want to buy it and wear it out of the store? Do I want to keep wearing that or do I want to put that back on the shelf and pick up a new one? Here's the thing, guys, when it comes to reading the Bible, it's really important to know in your application what I want you to do this week is I want you to, to the, the great thing about Proverbs, there's 31 chapters. So there's, there's some people who read a, a proverb a day, and that's like their rhythm. They read the Bible, other parts of the Bible, but they read a proverb every day. Um, you can do that. You can do that for the month of February. I know there's like 29 days. It's the fourth day, so you got like 25 so you have to figure out the others. You'll figure that out. But you can do something like that and read Proverbs and um, you know, one a day. But here's the thing. Especially with Proverbs, this is true, you're not going to retain all of it. Whenever you're reading the Bible, the, 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 the goal is not to get prepared for the test. There's no test. No one's going to test you on this stuff. The, the goal, anytime you're reading the Bible, but especially true when you're reading Proverbs, is if you decide to read one proverb a day this week, when you're reading that proverb, all I want you to, that chapter, I want you to pick one proverb from that chapter and be like, that's the one I need. And actually, that's a really good way to train yourself how to read the Bible in general. You can do that reading the Gospels. You can read that, do that reading Paul. You can do that reading any part of the narratives in the Bible. And be like, yeah, I know this story is really cool, but what do I need today from this chapter? That's kind of Bible reading 101. And that's what I want you to do with Proverbs, is I want you to pick the shoe, the box of shoes that is given to you in the, the, that book of Proverbs or in that chapter of Proverbs, and pick the proverb that, that, that fits and be like, this is the one I need to think about. This is one I want to write on my hand or write on a note card and put it in my, my back pocket. Or this is one I want to commit to memory because this one is me. So, without further ado, I want us to try some of the Proverbs on, okay? Proverbs 15, chapter 1. See if you can identify with this proverb. Proverbs 15, chapter 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. You ever done that? Is this one you can identify with? And that you see, actually, this one kind of has two shoes, doesn't it? It has the gentle word shoe, and then it has the, what's the other one? Yeah, harsh word. And, and there's times in life when we're interacting with each other, we have a choice, right? Somebody says something, and there's a little bit of an edge to it. Do you reply with a gentle word or a harsh word? If, and some of you, you have the story, like, you replied with a gentle word. And then and, and it, the story went one way. Then there's the other one. You, you put the other shoe on, and you, you reply with a harsh word. It's like, well, let me tell you. You start rolling up your sleeves, and then the whole thing explodes, right? I remember one time we were getting work done on, on one of our rental houses, and uh, we hired a plumber. This is before I knew you, so it's no big deal. Uh, long time ago, long time ago. Um, and I hired a plumber, 
and, and he doesn't do as good work as you, case in point here. He, um, we, we agreed on a price, and then I got the bill, like, a couple, couple few weeks later, and it was different than what we agreed on. And I was like, I called him up, I was like, dude, what's going on? And I, I was kind of forward, because I was like, this was not what we agreed about. And he, he like, he like way, like, what is it called, powered up, and he's like, why, well, you know, are you calling me a cheat? And I, 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 and I, I remember, this is so funny, what, the things we remember sometimes, I remember distinctly thinking to myself, I have one of two ways that I can play this right now. And there was one way I really wanted to play. I was like, yeah, I called you a cheat. You said it was this, and now it's this, right? And I was like, oh, man, that, that was not my intention at all. I am so, like, that, that was not, and, and, and I, I played the gentle word, and the tone of the conversation changed like that, and we found a middle ground, we figured it out, and everything's okay. Go, buddy. Try that on. A gentle answer turns away wrath. It's true. Even if someone's being wrathful, you have a chance with a gentle answer to not make it more wrathful. But But if we go with our pride, our pride usually turns us towards a harsh word, stirs up anger. See, that, that, that's a proverb. Try on the shoe, and then you can see if that's the one that fits, and then you can ask, is that the one you want to wear? Go to another one, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 8. By the way, this is going to be a short sermon. You're going to love this. We're like almost done. The wise, the wise uh, cha- uh, Proverbs 10, 8, the wise in heart accept Commands, meaning they, 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 allow command, they allow people to have a command or command them. But a chattering fool comes to ruin. H- have, you ever, have you ever been a chattering fool? Show of hands. Where your mouth, you ran your mouth and it got you in trouble. We've all worn that shoe. Don't be a chattering fool. This is what the Proverbs do. They allow, this kind of like allow you to pick up a mirror and say, have you played the chattering fool? Yeah, that time when I you know, ran, my cousin at the party and I just ran my mouth. And then there's other times where the wise at heart accept commands. Have you ever done that? I sure hope you have. It, not that, that we just look around in life for people telling us what to do. But there are times in life where we allow a command, we allow something, if we say, we say we're not the most powerful thing, we're not the last say in the universe, whether that be God's command or a boss's command or a parent's command, and we fall in line underneath it, right? The wise in heart, and you could even say at times, maybe not all the time, but the wise at heart at times, to be wise at heart is to accept a command. How does that shoe fit? How does that feel as you put it on? Are you one that's quick to accept a command? Or is that difficult for you? Or would you rather run your mouth like a fool? Proverbs 26, verse 11. This one's gross, okay? I, I picked the, found the grossest one I could find, and this is it. And it, it, you'll find out here for a reason. Re- the reason is, is, is here is in a second. Proverbs 26, 11, as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats their folly. This is so gross. Like dogs, you know, they'll throw up and then they like realize that they're hungry and go back and eat it. 
And it's like that is like, like we would never do something like that is terrible. That is so gross. But then, the, the, you know, like talk about an attention getter, a hook, you know, like the, the, the writer of that proverb is like, I'm going to get you. So a fool repeats its folly. You ever done something that you knew was wrong, but you did it anyway? Did you ever do something that you swore you would never do again, and a few weeks later you find yourself doing it over? It's kind of a bummer, isn't it? That shoe fits, dang it. And, and the Proverbs here, and this is why I pulled this one out, is really important. Because as you're reading the Proverbs, one of those sticking points, one of the ways that you can stiff arm this stuff and not listen to it is it's so over the top. You're like, I don't eat my own vomit. It's like, true, you don't. But you do do stupid things that you wish you didn't do. And here's the thing. There's a lot of hyperbole in the, the Proverbs. They're, they're said very grandiosely. They're very, say, very verbosely, like, like the, that this is the way it is. And it's, you know, it's always this way. And it's not always this way. So you, you got to be careful. Don't write it off because it's not always that way. Just hear, you got to feel the tone. He's trying to make a point that if you go this direction, generally, proverbially, it's not good for you. And if you go this way, it's proverbially, it can be really good for you. Not always. But make sure that the hyperbole, you don't get lost on the hyperbole. Make sure you don't you know, get lost on, uh, don't nitpick it to death. Well, I don't do that. I'm not, I mean, yes, I kind of tend that way, but I'm not that bad that's pride creeping up in you and me. That's pride allowing us to not see what's actually going on in our hearts. And can we all agree that that's maybe one of the saddest things that happens to us? Everybody else, again, because it's, it's really hard to see in the mirror, but everybody else sees our pride and we're like, well, I'm not that guy. And, and your, your kids are like, but dad, you do that sometimes. Mom, come on, come on, just listen, listen. I know, you're may, okay, maybe you're not that bad, but you just, would you think about this for a second? Don't get lost on the hyperbole. Last one, this is actually not even a, a Proverbs, it's from the Psalms. It's by David, so he has every right to do this because he birthed Solomon. So he's like the father of, pro, no, anyway, it's from David and it works. Go to Psalm chapter 10, verse 4. This is our last one. And it's a psalm that's not necessarily a proverb, but in, in the midst of the psalm is this kind of proverbial saying that David says. And it tackles what we're talking about directly. And it helps, helps us to see really what's at stake when it comes to pride and if we let pride go rampant. He's talking about the wicked man. He says, in his pride, the wicked man does not see him. And this is, he's actually talking about God here. He's talking about the wicked man's attitude and relationship towards God. And he says this, in his pride, the wicked man does not see God. In all of his thoughts, and this phrase is so interesting, there is no room for God. It's so interesting. A lot of times when you, when you talk to somebody, like it, it, somebody who is wicked, it's not that they don't believe in God or they're even against God. They just don't have room for them. 
Because that's what pride does. Pride gets us so centered and focused on ourselves that it actually leads to room for no one else. Pride is so dangerous because as we're doing things that are prideful, it makes us feel big. If we do things that make others feel small out of pride, we feel big in return. But what's actually happening is, is, is pride is actually making our world not bigger, but smaller. Because when we're all about ourselves, there is no room for anyone else, including God. Now, now just, again, try the shoe on. In his pride, the wicked man does not see him. No one's, you know, I'm not going to say, anybody wicked here? And they're like, you know, I'll raise my hand, I'm a wicked man. No, we don't, we don't self-identify, but can we all agree that there in times in our lives, we have stiff-armed God and we did not have room for him because of our pride. And, and I'm talking to everybody. I'm talking, if you grew up in church, you can, do, you can go to church every Sunday and still do this. And still have, you know, you're going through the motions. And because you go to church every Sunday, it's like gold star, gold star. Look at me. I'm good. Where are they? They're not here. No gold star for them. All this pride is just welling up inside of us in the meantime, doing good things. And that pride, in that pride, there is no room for God. We do this. We, we've all done this. In fact, the, the, basically in Romans, the Bible talks about, for all have sinned. We have all done this in our pride. We have all lived life where there was no room in our life for God because it was all about us. And we've stiff-armed him. We've all fallen short of his glory because of that. So the Christian, the one who's encountered the true grace that God has extended to us through his son, reads that verse and says, yes, I have played the wicked man. And I, did, I, I have lived my life not even thinking and seeking him. I've lived my life as if God didn't exist. I didn't have room for him. And guys, the same thing is true, not just spiritually, but relationally. The more prideful we are, the less room we have in our hearts for even the people that we would say that we love. But if it's ultimately always about us, it, 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 it makes our life extremely tiny and small. And I don't want that. And you don't. I, you know, I know some of you really well. I don't know as, some of you as well. But I know we don't want that. You don't want that in our lives. Pride crowds out. It deprioritizes everyone else in the room. And here's our wish. In, in, in contrast to that, and guys, when I talk about this kind of, especially this kind of stuff, no one will get more out of this sermon series called Silent Killer than me. I, I need to hear this so, like, like I, 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 I won't tell you how we decided to, to do this, but like a big motivating factor 
for me to preach on this is my own pride that I want to take like up against. I want to go up against that. I want to root that out of my life. And I'll, I'd love for you to join me. And the phrase and the wish or the prayer that I want us to, to move towards is, is these two words here. Dignified humility. At first I was thinking that the word was humility, but it, I, I, th I thought it needs an adjective because the problem with humility is, is there can be a lot of shame, there can be a lot of guilt, there can be a lot of, like, and, and some of us are not in the position to just pursue humility in and of itself. We'll, we'll kill ourselves doing it and feel bad about it. It's so funny because in this room, in this room, like, there are two types of people. There are those of us who, in, in, as I'm talking, you're like, yes, I'm a horrible person. And that weight is just, it's crushing you. Don't, please, don't let it crush you. That is not God's intent. God's intent for you to extend grace to you is not to, to shame you. It's be, he's extending grace to us because he sees deep value in us. And so humility in and of itself I didn't, wasn't enough. I want a dignified humility because we are sons and daughters of the king. And we are worth pursuing. And yes, our lives get filled with pride that needs to be addressed. And we need to try, we have to take off that shoe of pride and put on the shoe of, of humility and walk out the store with that, yes, but we can do it with dignity. Does that make sense? Please don't let this crush you. And then on the other side, there's some of us that are like, this is so tricky for me to preach to because it's like there's some of us that like we, we're, we're fighting this with every ounce of, of, of who we are. We're like, this is, what, what's this guy messing with my business, getting into my life? What, how dare you tell me how to live? And that's fair. Like, honestly, especially if you didn't grow up in church, this whole idea of a, a guy you know, up front with a microphone giving you pointers and you don't even know who he is, that's a little much. But come on, come on, come on, come on, just bring it in. Has your pride hurt you? Can you think of times, what would, what would your family, what would the people around you that love you the most say with all of their heart, but as kindly as they can, because they don't want to tick you off, but like, Dad, please, would you just think about this? Is it possible that maybe pride is taking things away from you. You don't even realize it because it's the silent killer. Is it possible that on the other side, that if you were to be able to be able to apologize or, 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 or own something or just shut up this week when something comes up, you just shut up and listen, that things might be different and even better on the other side? What would it look like this is my question. This is, as we pursue dignified humility, this is what I want to end with today. What's the shoe you're wearing? Do you want to walk out of here with it? Do you want to buy it? Do you want to own that? Or do you want to take it off? Do you want to exchange it? Do you want to shed something? Do you want to try turning a new leaf? Seeing what's on the other side. Let's pray. Lord, one time I prayed, you remember this, Lord, but one time I prayed for humility and it went terribly.
It's a really dangerous prayer, but so it's hard for me to pray right now. I know what to pray, but Lord, um, wherever this hits us, I know this hits each of us in different places. Some of us, some of us are so broken, and we're just we're barely flickering right now. And 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 something like this could actually like snuff out the light. And I, I just pray against that. And some of us are, are so hardened and so calloused, and it's been so long since we let somebody else in and give input. That that's hard too. And and wherever wherever we find ourselves in this, Lord, I pray. I pray that that we would not we would be able to stop getting the best of ourselves through our pride. Whatever we need to own, I pray that we'd own. Whatever we need to kill, I pray that we'd kill it. And whatever um, we need to do, Lord, I pray that you'd give us the, the, the wisdom to know that. And then you'd give us the courage to do it. We thank you and we praise you. Pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing.